You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello, this is Grant Kirkup. I'm famous for saying Ubinaka and Ikobokum. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. This is Matt Papa from Inti Creates, and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. Take two, damn you Skype. <laughs> Take two, damn you Skype, indeed. Uh, we are joined uh, by a very special guest this morning for us, this afternoon for you. He is the... Well, let's call it the everything of Four Horses Games, Mick Waits. Mick, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's good to be here, finally. Twice. <laughs> finally, twice. Yeah. Yep, Mick uh, is, of course, uh, the developer, publisher uh, behind Kid Trip, Miles and Kilo. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Also, Digger Dan, don't forget, we're going to cover it all today, um, but uh, you are, like I said earlier, calling for you. It's the afternoon. Where are you calling us from? I'm from the northeast of England, uh, near a city called Newcastle, which people might have heard of, mm-hmm. in a tiny little town called North Shields that no one will have heard of. Uh, they have at least they have internet there, though. Yeah, I mean it might not be great for what we're trying to do right now. <laughs> it's it's been spotty, but we're gonna get through this. I promise. We, we you. have it for now, but fingers crossed. Knock on wood. We're gonna get through this, but. Um, Everybody out there, you've heard Sam and I talk about Miles and Kilo and Kid Trip a million times over the past couple months, since about late November when Kid Trip hit the Switch eShop. Uh, but Mick was actually kind enough kind enough to provide us with six codes that we gave away on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was a week ago. Um, three for North America, three for Europe. And Mick, we just wanted to say thank you so much for giving out those codes. Everybody was very appreciative, all six winners. Oh, that's that's no problem at all. It's it's good to get codes out into people's hands rather than just reviewers. It's uh, good to get feedback from from the gaming public. And as a small setup, it's uh, it's nice to be able to do things like that and uh, keeping up on Twitter and being in direct contact with people who are playing the game rather than hiding behind some faceless PR. <laughs> yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Well, one of the people that actually won a code, uh, his name is Chris Shriver. He has a pl- uh, podcast called The Platformers, and they actually went on their show, episode 103 of The Platformers, about 35 minutes in, a little bit before that, and were actually raving about the game too, saying they couldn't wait to play it, couldn't wait to pick it up. They saw good things, and then they mentioned me and how I don't shut up about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, believe me, it's in good hands. It's out there in the world. We're going to talk about it. Uh, but the game was actually recently featured in the Nintendo Power podcast, which is Nintendo of America's official podcast. What was that feeling like for you? Uh, that was amazing. I mean, I, I actually got um, I, I got a notification of that from from one of the reviewers that I sent a download cut. So I'd never even heard of the podcast. Um, so yeah, it was. I was I was pretty blown away. Obviously, the first thing I did was download the episode and listen, and just cross fingers that they liked it. <laughs> and they, they seemed pretty positive about it. So yeah, that's that's great. They said it's a good fun game. So yeah, uh, hopefully someone at Nintendo will uh, will pick up on it a bit more and they'll shout out about it as much as they shout out as other people's games. That would be absolutely fantastic. If I could get as many people playing it as they're playing Fortnite, then I'd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that Epic just crossed one billion dollars in in-game purchases for Fortnite? Yeah, I mean, if they'd send me a thousandth of that, I'd be quite happy. Um, I'd, I'd I'd give up my day job, and and then I'd just make games like Miles and Kilo for fun. In fact, 
I've said this before, and I mean it with all seriousness. If if I made enough money from miles and kilo to sustain my current income from the real job that I've got uh, for the rest of my rest of my life, I would happily just make games on the Switch and other platforms and just give them out free. Because wow, that, I enjoy that's the awesome. making of them. No, it's, it's not about getting rich. It's just about being able to do it. Now we know you've been playing Fortnite. Any other games that you've been playing? Um, we're playing a little bit of Overcooked at the minute as a family. That's 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 yeah <laughs> it's a great game it's absolutely fantastic i've got tons of respect for it the, the people who've made it have done a fantastic job but it's it's sort of like i'm trying to think of a tv program that i could compare it to uh, um chopped. you know like those investigation <laughs> ones where where they, they they deal with people rogue trader types and the like and then they go and confront the people yeah and it's like it's, it's painful to watch it's, it's sort of it's difficult to participate in. i sort of feel that overcooked's a bit like that it's a game <laughs> it's meant to be fun but it's so stressful it's unbelievable yeah i i have <laughs> um, it i have it we've played multiplayer here as well um you said you're playing with your family that's awesome i believe uh, wife and son i believe yeah that's really cool yeah. you know overcooked 2 is coming out next month i do i i I've got a feeling we'll let that one pass us by. I mean, we've only just got it, so we've only just started ah. on it. And I get the feeling it's a sort of game where, for me, one will be enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very nice. I, That's really neat. No disrespect to it. It's a fantastic game. By the way, the publishers, Team 17, I actually applied for a job there because I used to live down the road from where they worked. A little so, insider. I love it. That's cool. cool. What, uh, yeah. what, are, what, are some of, what are some of your favorite games overall on the Switch that you've had fun with? Right, well, first of all, I've got to say Celeste. Oh, it's, um, it was my game of the year yeah. until God of War came out. So Yeah, after that, I've got to say Celeste. Um, and also, there's Celeste, I believe. Um, <laughs> now, there's, there's a lot of good games. There's a little game like Aqua Kitty DX that I quite like. It's yeah. just a throwback to the oh, old uh, Defender game that I used to play as a kid. Um, and it's got cats in it. I mean, the Switch needs more games with cats. Did you, did you pick up Cat Quest? On the Switch? I haven't. You would think I would with it having cats in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot about that one. I I sort of want to, but I'm not a massive RPG fan. Gotcha. It's um, it's definitely digestible, though, even if you're not an RPG fan. Um, they did a speedrun yeah, of it. I should go for it sometime. I've, I have this thing as well. At the time it was out, I wasn't buying any games at all because every time I bought a game... Uh, Kid trip of miles and kilo get delayed. I mean, oh. I, I reckon, I reckon Celeste cost me a month oh. at least. At least you're honest. I, it's just, I was like, well, I could sit down and do something that's quite difficult, or I could play a game that's incredibly difficult and very satisfying. <laughs> um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to avoid buying games at the minute. That's funny. They, they genuinely, they just cost me time. Yeah. Um, I'm only playing Fortnite really as a as a exercise to. Not, not quite bonding exercise with my son, but really to help him along if we, you know, we get the XP bonus off each other and just for us to interact with something that he absolutely loves. I'm, I'm reasonably indifferent to the game. It's um, because I'm not that interested in dressing up my character. Right. Then once you've, once you've won a battle royale, you've done everything the game's got to offer. So um, been there, done that really. Is he, is he loving season five? Is he what? Is he loving, loving season it. five? I think so. Yeah, he gets very stressed with it, and I, he, he's 
he's got another habit of arguing with the computer. Um, <laughs> he sounds like and me. trying to explain lag to him and the fact that um, just because he, in his mind, got them with a clear headshot from two feet away with his shotgun, he was actually shooting at someone on the other side of the map and <laughs> doing better than him. And he just needs to accept that and move on. Um, he, he gets very stressed with it. I'm trying to show him the calm way to play. So, so I've heard you uh, talk about this on other podcasts before, but it's such an interesting story and I'd love you to share with our listeners is your backstory of how you got into game development overall is pretty interesting. Could you share us uh, that story? Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, it wasn't quite an accident, but it was something that I saw as a fantasy. I saw it as, you know, I'm never going to be a movie star. I'm never going to be a game developer. Um, I, I, when I left, I left at home at 16. Uh, I was sort of fending for myself pretty much. And the prospects of further education just simply weren't around. And certainly not in video game development when I left school. I mean, yeah, your, your main job there was like dinosaur herding. <laughs> um, so... So yeah, I, I, I went from crappy job to crappy job, um, not particularly lasting very long in them because I, I wasn't that dedicated to doing crappy jobs. And uh, after after a good 15 years or so, I think, someone, one of my friends suggested that maybe, because I, I tended to play games to death, I'd like Crash Bandicoot, I wasn't happy with that until I'd got all the crystals and and then got to the I can't remember what you actually gave and I refinished it recently um, but I'm the sort of person who will play a game to destruction or used to I don't have time for it now and um, they suggested that I'd, I could get a foothold into the industry as a, as a tester um, I should say prior to this I have grew up with a home computer with a built-in programming language so i'd sort of taught myself to program to a degree but i never saw myself as good enough to do anything particularly spectacular i didn't have a lot of confidence in myself a lot of faith in my abilities so when this friend suggested i'd I'd get a job as a tester it's like well you know where these games companies don't actually exist in the real world they're they're just in in magical rainbow unicorn land sort of thing because it's a fantasy um and he looked in edge magazine which is a popular well-respected magazine in the uk i don't know if it's anywhere else and there was there was a job uh they're advertising for testers in the town next to where i lived practically so to try and cut this a bit shorter i applied uh i ended up getting a job there as a tester then made lead tester in about a week um and then moved into project management uh, that company then shut down and I was introduced to the hard reality of video game development is which is you won't be in the same company for very long mm-hmm. um, and that that happened a few times I've, I've worked for at least three different video game developers that have closed down um, not me of course I didn't I didn't drag them down honest <laughs> um, and I've worked for a few other companies since then uh, in video game development and along the way, managed to get access to dev hardware and that's where i made digger dan in my spare time which originally started off as a remake of a game that i played as a kid i managed to talk someone into uh, publishing it on my behalf and i ended up with access to some 3ds dev hardware made a 3ds version because dsiware just didn't have as much reach as i would have liked it to so i figured a 3ds version could have done better um but the publisher wasn't particularly interested in republishing the same game so we ended up with a little bit of money which i could use to pay someone to redo the art um, a bit higher resolution for 
3DS and I set up Four Horses, just me, as a way of publishing the game via Nintendo. I knew Nintendo did deal with individuals, um, but I figured I'd get a bit more respect from them as a registered company. So rather than register as an individual, I set up the company. And I think that paid off because I've got access to Switch, yep. which is uh, cool. Now, when you were talking about Crash Bandicoot, that's Sam lit up because Sam's a PlayStation guy. Crash <laughs> made his home on the PlayStation for so long, at least as an original character before making his way to Xbox and some Nintendo stuff later. But he's super excited about that. I'm a Nintendo guy. I'm a little biased. It's my platform of choice. You had just kind of mentioned you made four horses because Nintendo prefers to uh, delve in with companies as opposed to individuals. Uh, is that the entire process that that was entailed in becoming a registered Nintendo developer or did you actually have to go through more? It, it used to be a bit secretive. They used to have a site called Wario world, I believe, which they eventually did. They rename it. Um, there was something cause they did actually then bring out a game that was called Wario world. But yeah, they used to have this website called Wario world. It was a bit secretive. Um, no one really knew about it and you couldn't, particularly find it by looking at it, so I had to know it was there, I think. Um, so they, they they weren't particularly open to people approaching them, or at least general members of the public sort of harassing them and saying, we'd quite like to make games on your platforms. Now it's it's a lot more open. There's a website, developer.nintendo.com, and the front page basically sort of says, welcome, if you'd be interested in being a developer, follow this process. Um, so yeah, things have definitely changed in that respect. Um, for me, it was simply, I mean, it's the same with all the platform holders. Essentially, you you fill out an online form. You say, I would quite like to be a developer. And on that form, it says, what have you already worked on? And I think the more you can fill out on there, the games that they'll sort of understand and respect, the more chance you've got of, um, I've got of actually then being accepted. Uh, if you go down the other routes, if you go down the routes as an individual, uh, I'd I don't know what that process is fully, but uh, certainly with Nintendo and certainly on the Wii U, your access to hardware and and tools was was limited. Um, I don't think they send Wii U dev kits out to people. I think they just get, basically gave them emulation environments that they could work in. But I don't know for certain because that's that's not the path I've taken. Now we know Forest Games. It's not your full time job. How do you balance that with your day job no. and having a family? Um, really badly. It's, <laughs> it is so hard. It's so hard to be motivated to do four horses stuff. It, it's silly because ultimately, it's, if anyone from my current employers listening, these are just PR lies. I'm saying it for the benefit of the podcast. I would love to give up my day job and do this full time. Um, it's it's not that I don't like my day job. It's just it is really really hard. And as my son's getting older, we're sort of finding that. We need to be spending more time with him. We need to be uh, putting time in with him more than we are doing. Um, I, I don't really want to say too much more than that. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard. It really, really is hard. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully, I mean, Miles and Kilo, the reception seems very positive from, from people who've played it. Um, we're looking at going over on a PS3 and Xbox just need just need the game to go crazy overall. If if it goes crazy on one platform, that might rub off onto the other platforms. And it, like I say, it would be nice to get a few years worth of my current wages under my belt and and just take the chance and then work directly with Mike Burns and do a game in between Kid Trip and Miles and Kilo with 
we've decided essentially that there's a story to be told from what happens at the end of Kid Trip that leads into the start of Miles and Kilo and and it'd be fun to make a game that tells that story but in a different vein to Miles and Kilo and Kid Trip take away the speedy platformness and just go for maybe an exploration platform or something like that yeah we need you to come over to my platform come on over to PlayStation <laughs> we're on the way yeah there's there's a PlayStation dev kit sat right next to my laptop that I'm talking to you on Awesome. And on top of that, there's an Xbox one. Sam's hair is standing up on his arms for the PlayStation part. My hair is standing up on my arms for the sequel, prequel, in-between game that you just dropped part. Um, uh, I don't even know where to go next, so I'll say that Miles and Kilo does have its own social media, at Miles and Kilo. Let's talk about your social media. Where can our listeners find you on social media? I'm at Four Horses Games, and that's F. F-O-U-R. Unfortunately, someone beat me to four horses. I was most upset. <laughs> but what I never, when we came up with a company name, it never occurred to me four horses, four horsemen of the apocalypse. So ah. there's a lot of competition out there for horses and the number four. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and what's really weird, just going off on a side, Sony find the word horses offensive. Um, I have no idea why, but when I try to set up a PSN for myself because my son has stolen mine for Fortnite, um, <laughs> and I didn't really want about 30 12-year-olds on my uh, friends list, so I might think that's a bit dodgy. Um, yeah, I, I try to set up under Four Horses Games because I like the idea that I shoot people and they go, Four Horses Games, have I heard of them? And then they go by miles and kilo. Um, but yeah, they just would not let me have the word horses at any way in my PSN name. I do not understand why. Uh, I think Xbox is the same way with the word against uh, my in their like bio for your avatar. You could put a little bio in and mine was this band I used to love called self against city. And I put it in and they said it wasn't allowed and I put self city and it was allowed. So I think it was the word against that they or maybe the context of it. I don't know how the Xbox could have found that, but I guess that's neither here nor there. You touched on Digger Dan a minute ago. Uh, I was going to go into it, but you said it was a remake of something from your childhood. I thought it was maybe an original character, but it was the first game that you developed on a Nintendo platform. Um, what I guess was that the longest development cycle? Because we know Michael Burns uh, did Miles and Kilo and Kid Trip on mobile first. So I guess this, was that yeah. your longest development cycle for Digger Dan? Uh, yes, from my point of view, from my direct, direct input, definitely. Um, I, I actually started it as a programming exercise. I'd, I'd for. The longest time I'd avoided learning the programming language C, which is what everyone used to use for developing games, certainly. Um, and I, I don't know why, but whenever I whenever I do learn something, I tend to learn better if I've got a goal, if I've got a project. So I decided to do my first full-scale big project and, and remake a game from my childhood. It was a game called Repton. Mm -hmm. uh, which is very similar to Boulder Dash. The the character Digger Dan is original in that once once we came up with the idea that this actually could get published, um, rather than paying the license fees, it made sense just to make a similar game rather than rather than try and publish the actual game. So we totally changed the graphics. We ditched some of the mechanics that we didn't particularly like anyway and came up with new mechanics to replace them and came up with an entirely new set of levels. Mm -hmm. So it, it's an original game and as much of any game as an original game these days. Um, and I named it after my son because my wife wouldn't let me name my son Waluigi, so <laughs> do it the other way around. See, Sam, he's I'm not the only Waluigi fan yeah, out there. Greg, Greg adores him. He's my favorite nintendo character of all time 
and I am very upset he's not in Smash Ultimate. But my well, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, that's him. There's a few, a few other people upset about that as well from what I read. Yeah, Jim Sterling put out a whole video about Waluigi, a 12 minute video about it. It's got hundreds of thousands of views and Nintendo put him in as an assist trophy again. I just want to play as Waluigi as often as possible. He's been in over 50 games and doesn't have his own game. Let's get the man a game. He deserves it. Quite right. Thank you. I should maybe make one of them pictures. I know I've played all three of the titles from four horses, Digger Dandy X, a couple bucks on the uh, 3ds eShop and then kid trip on the switch and miles and kilo on the switch. All of them run buttery smooth. So I'm going to ask you what's more important to you frame rate or graphical fidelity. Luckily enough for you, all your games have them all frame rate, any, any minute of the day frame rate. Mm -hmm. Could you expand a little bit about why some people like pretty Um, games, pretty graphics, you know? For me, it's because I can see the difference. But um, when when something's running at thirty frames a second, it just feels drudgery to my eyes. I know it doesn't to other people, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I don't. I, it feels like you're in more control if you're not missing out on rendering potential rendering frames that could be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even a low fidelity game can look so much nicer at uh, sixty frames a second mm-hmm. than the latest super great fantastic effects that then lose that realism because of the because of the jerky frame rate i saw i i'm really annoyed by this because every time i come up with something i want to do as a project someone beats me to it um one of the things i really like to do is not quite a remake but a game in the vein of the original star fox with low poly untextured uh graphics but running at 4K resolution at 60 frames a second, mm. um, with maybe light sourcing at least on the on the polygons just to make them sort of shine as the light hits them. And uh, I, I saw a video of someone who's done done a game very much like that on Twitter, um, and it was the video was running at 60 frames a second. And straight away, any doubts I had as to whether this would would be a thing to do, whether it would be something that would look cool, we're just blown away. The smoothness of it just looked absolutely fantastic. And uh, I still would like to do that game, <laughs> given chance. At least it's out but there yeah, somewhere. 60 frames a second, always. Cool. Yeah. Now, Greg mentioned Michael Burns. Now, how did you guys get hooked up to Crater, Kid Trip, and Miles and Kilo? Um, well, I used to visit a website called Nintendo Live frequently because I am at heart a Nintendo fanboy. Um <laughs> particularly the hardware but the games as well uh they they make the best games in the business um and uh so i used to visit nintendo life quite frequently and then because i had my own game out and potentially coming out on the 3ds i used to go on the forums a lot and they've got a hidden chat room on there as well i used to go on that just to just to brag really to be honest (laughs) look at me i've made a game um (laughs) so going through the forums i i saw that some kid was basically doing pixel art avatars for people uh, and i went and looked at all these posts and then saw that he was also doing these pixel art mock-ups of a game but then when i actually read the text that went along with it they weren't mock-ups this was a game he was making but uh, he sort of had a bit of a reputation for doing a lot of these i'm working on this but then never getting it finished um but he was getting loads of positive feedback about this this game which turned out to be kid trip um and a lot of encouragement. And I said to him at the time, I said, I would love to bring this to 3DS. It would look fantastic with the stereoscopic. And I got him to send us the source artwork, and I did a mock-up of uh, 
layered image that you could view on the 3DS in stereoscopic 3D and said, look, you know, let me do this. And it turned out that he'd actually he'd actually talked another publisher into publishing a 3DS version for him. So I, I sort of sadly went away with my tail between my legs and then forgot about it and moved on. But obviously I wished him well. The game came out on iOS and, and I downloaded it straight away and it was a great game, loved playing it. Um, but yeah, I moved on with my life and forgot about it. But that's how we that's how we met it was through Nintendo Life. And so then come full circle, um, he puts Kid Trip out on mobile platforms where it was initially developed. And now is is that's where you came back into the picture and said, Hey, and it worked out to go on 3DS and then switch, and then obviously Miles and Kilo came after that. Or what was that process like for you to jump in and say, Let's get this going on some Nintendo hardware? Well, it was it was years after he'd published it because it was it must have been two thousand sixteen twenty. It came out on mobile in thirteen. Was Kid Trip? Yeah, and it was it was twenty seventeen. It was last year. Yeah, you, it was November. It of was last just year, last year, so. the start of last year. I'd just started my new job, mm-hmm. day job, and one of my colleagues um, just happened to mention this this game that's really quite neat, but you know, like a little hidden gem on the iOS store. And it was Kid Trip. And I said, oh, I know about that game. I know the guy who made it. I was offering him a 3DS version. And I said, whatever happened to that 3DS version? So I contacted <laughs> Mike again and said, you know, 3DS version, if you're still interested. And, and long story short, he sent me the source code and I got, got the game up and running on 3DS in a month. Oh, jeez. Um, it, it was a job of essentially rewriting it line by line. The source code was in a format that was it made it a bit easier to do to be fair um but yeah just rewrote the game line by line until it was up and running on 3ds and uh, and he was very pleased with that and we got it published and as i was in the process of doing that i said to him look i'd quite like to say to nintendo can i have access to switch gear um can i dangle kid trip in front of them as a carrot with you know we we don't have to do it but just tell them that that will do that um, as, as a way to see if I can get hold of the switch gear for my own evil purposes. And uh, he was fine with that. And I would have expected Nintendo to say yes or no, and that was it. But when they said yes, they sort of said yes and tell us more about this uh, kid trip game. When do you plan to release it? This, that, and the other. And it's like, um, um, got back in touch with Mike and said, so Nintendo seem to want this uh, Switch version. Can, can I have permission to do it, please? And he said yes. Wow. <laughs> That's super cool. That's really cool. Let's talk about Kid Trip for a second. Kid Trip, an auto runner. It's got two speeds. You're kind of running, like jogging, and then you're going fast. You can actually set it to only go into like run mode, which is really cool. But what separates the skill level of players isn't necessarily the speed you go, but it's the execution of your platforming. Uh, you fast forward to Miles and Kilo. Miles and Kilo gives you almost full control over the characters, but can be beaten by never stopping. Which game to you do you feel is a better speed game? Um, I'd, I'd sort of say they're both equal because in a lot of ways they sort of are the same game. If you but if you want to play it purely for speed, mm-hmm. then they can be both played exactly the same. Um, I mean, Miles and Kilo's got more variety in the moves with the sort of sliding under under narrow gaps and smashing through walls and swinging on ropes. So it, it in some ways it feels more fun in that respect, but for, for the pure gameplay of playing it at speed, I'd say they're both equal. Okay. Which game to you is harder? Kid Trip, definitely. Okay. Yeah, me too. That soddy nice level. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 3-5 kills me. The yeah, I, it, it took me the longest time to master that, and I didn't think I would ever clear the game with zero deaths, but I've, I've achieved it once. 
Um, Impressive. And then me too. I sent you the picture. And then more recently, I played. I played. Yeah, you have. Uh, more recently, I played it again on Switch, and that level wiped me out. I didn't get. I didn't even get to the fourth world. <laughs> I, I quit when I run out of lives these days. Yeah. Because generally, I won. I will be able to finish the game. But yeah, there's been a few times playing it recently. You just I lose my skills. It's been you know it's been a few months since I played it. I played Miles and Kilo in between. I go back to it. and It's like I'm rubbish at this again. Well, you so, cha- you challenged me to a race. Uh, I know you would have won. You would have won. <laughs> We, we we still want to do I, it. I, sorry, I hope this still happens. We still want to do it sometime. Um, we actually have. Yeah, a, it would be good. Yeah, it we have a plan. I'd enjoy that. We have a plan I, for, I will, for how that could practice work. beforehand. <laughs> me, uh, me neither. I will. I will not do that either. But uh, our skypes would have to work in order for this to happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, so. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, we need an alternate solution. That's, uh, that's but so useless. We we really. Uh, I would I would love to do that, but I'm with you. Kid Trip to me was the harder game, but I think it was harder for me uh, than Miles and Kilo because there was no. It was unknown when I bought it and when I played it. I it was 1,300 deaths my first run. A month later, I was at zero. Um, so it was. It's ultimately yeah. you can master it. Uh, kind of. I mean, I've never gotten zero deaths again. I only did it that one time. Uh, and I was sick with the flu out of work, so I had plenty of practice. You mastered it one time. Yeah. Um, but Miles and Kilo, I feel like when I jumped into that, because I had played Kid Trip to literal death, I'm up to 33 hours, I think. And when it doesn't sound that long when you play get a God of War, but in a Kid Trip where it's six to eight minutes, you know, eight, nine minutes to beat it, thir- 30 hours is a long yeah. freaking time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I, I feel like because I've played it so much and knew the mechanics uh, and knew how Miles would jump and all that, I feel like Miles and Kilo was a little easier for me to beat. My first run through, I had 22 S ranks uh, out of the 36 yeah. stages. So I'm with you that I think that it, that's there. But Miles and Kilo, you kind of said it. It introduces sliding. It introduces climbing, surfing, punching through walls, swinging on ropes. Yeah. It also also offers a limited ammo supply with the fruit. You have to pick it up, and you can only use five or six fruits throughout the each level. So it's much more layered in terms of variety. But the biggest difference to me is the boss battles. So Michael really went all out to turn the sequel up to eleven. Yeah, I'm impressed with the boss battles. It's something I've never had to put into a game myself, and it's it's. I, I think it's a, the task that I would have found daunting before having worked on Miles and Kilo. But yeah, it's, it's something I, I relish now in, in some of the ideas I've got floating around in my head. It is it is great. One of the things, what you're saying about Miles and Kilo being more accessible, I think, I think less off-putting might be another way of putting it as well. Because some people were definitely put off by the difficulty of Kid Trip mm-hmm. is... We've actually discussed this, and we've we've decided that when we do move on to the other platforms, we're going to release Miles and Kilo first, because if it gives people a a way of getting used to what Kid Trip might throw at them, I think it, I think more people would buy Kid Trip having played Miles and Kilo and enjoy it than would buy Miles and Kilo having played Kid Trip, because I think more people might yeah, be put sense. off if they play Kid Trip first because the difficulty is right up there. And some people just go, it's all a runner I don't want to know and, yeah. and switch off straight away, which is a shame because it's a fun game and anyone can master it. I'm a masochist too, so I don't mind. <laughs> yeah. I, I Like you said, I love Celeste, and that was a 3,000 death game for me. So I'm with you. How many B-sides have you got? Uh, you don't want to know the answer. I have, I've won. <laughs> it's, I didn't, right, even, I didn't right. even go back. I, didn't even, I just beat the I've, main I've, story. I think I've beat the B-sides for the first three levels, and then I thought, I, 
it's starting to physically hurt playing the game. I should probably stop. <laughs> Put down the paddle before you break it. And I don't have any seasides either because I know there's seasides in the game, and I don't. I don't even want to. Yeah, there. I've, I've heard. I've heard of these seaside <laughs> things. I won't make a joke about the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with the achievements? Okay, so for Kid Trip, um, the way through the achievements from the iOS version already there, but um, I came up with some of the additional fairly evil achievements that are in the uh, 3DS and Switch version. And then when we did a patch, I, I added a few more, even more evil achievements because the, the first ones just weren't evil enough. Um, <laughs> Glutton for punishment. And for Miles and Kilo, for Miles and Kilo, it was the same. There were some achievements there from the iOS and Steam versions. But Mike and I collaborated together as um, over a, a tool called Trello and just sort of bounced ideas for achievements off each other there. He implemented them all. Mike did quite a lot of the work of actually getting um, Miles and Kilo onto the Switch. So I, my involvement was was much less because I had so much admin work to do, and I was working on the demo and patch for Kid Trip while he was getting it up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, and the games worked in an engine that we could just get over to Switch fairly easily anyway. So I, I did the hardware side of things, things like the um, load save and the controller disconnection, stuff like that. And I, I improved the font rendering as well, but that's about it really. Yeah, and I have about 19. I have, I'm not about, I have 19 of the 20 achievements in Kid Trip. Uh, I wanted to have that last one done, but I can't get as many coins as you. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's another thing. That's another thing. But uh, I do have all 20 in miles and kilo. I got the last one about 36 hours ago. Uh, I was able to complete time attack with just six deaths. So I feel accomplished in that sense, but I'd like to go over some of my favorite achievements uh, throughout both games. And then you tell us either a story or the reason behind it. Is that cool? Uh, yeah okay um all right so the first one would be um to complete the game without with only using one stone yes that one um i was messing about with the game before after after it was published originally and uh it just occurred to me that you could get through there was a challenge that you could get through a level without um using a stone and I wondered how many of the levels that could be completed on, and I found that there was just one level in the game where you have to use one stone uh, because this damn snake in a tunnel, and I had an option of removing the snake or making it get through the game using only one stone rather than zero. Um, and there was one of the things I'd said to Mike before I started development was if I can't make the game run at 60 frames a second or if we have to change the game in any way to the conversion i don't want to do it because i I don't want any compromises i want people to play the game as he created it and uh uh so yeah they we we went with completely game with one stone instead of zero so at least you know it's fairly generous yeah it's fairly yeah (laughs) another one that's generous is uh completing the game without losing a life how many people did you really think would complete that achievement or challenge um i didn't put any thoughts into that whatsoever i knew it was possible i'd done it so i thought stuff you all if you want to be as good as me at the game you need to complete without losing a life uh, and then the last two they need to beat my coins of my time yeah i saw your time i have that one beat i still can't beat your coins you're at 3266 i'm in the low 3000s i've i have mapped it out unfortunately because i have no life and no friends besides sam um and my wife um I have mapped out what I need to do. If I beat the game with all coins in every level with only losing two lives, I'll beat you. 
That's my oh, goal. Oh, really? That's possible, is it? That's my goal. If I can get all coins with only two loss of lives in, I think I think that will do it. I think I did the math with the. See, uh, I, I figured it couldn't be done if you lost a life because you just lose around a hundred. But I guess there's those bonus coins that for completing the level that. Uh, exactly. That I didn't. I didn't get that on enough levels. Right. Wow. So did you actually? Is is that how you got thirty two sixty six? Was beating the game with getting almost all coins and then on your deathless run. Uh, yeah, that that those two those two scores are from my Deathless run, which was done on a 3DS. Not okay. that it makes a difference because it runs the same on both systems. Um, but yeah, there's a yeah, there's also a challenge on here that I had to tweet at you for a little advice. Now you didn't give me the answer; you gave me a hint, and it's yes. fall off the bottom of the level and survive. Okay, that one. That one and the jump on water. Mike Burns had a jump on water, and that's because there was a bug where you could jump on the water. And he thought, well, rather than fix the bug, I quite like that. It's not, <laughs> it's not necessarily as easy to do. Uh, let's make it an achievement. Yeah. And I, when I was developing the game, um, testing the game could be finished from uh, played from start to finish was not tedious, but I mean it's a drawn out process. And just for fun, I came up with an idea of writing a system where, as I played the game, it would record my keystrokes. And then when I lost a life, it would start the level again and automatically play back my keystrokes. But I hit a certain key to interrupt it, and then I can take over again. So that way I could get essentially a perfect run for every level of the game. And then now I can just load it up. I can hit essentially hit play, and it'll go play with itself, for want of a better phrase. Um <laughs> I, I was sorely tempted that if we did our video challenge to actually just run that mode <laughs> secretly and, <laughs> yeah. and not tell you. Yeah, um, if you told me about that, that's that's really funny. I would have banged my head against the wall trying to figure out how the heck you did that perfectly with I with an audience totally of people. Up. There'd have been no fun in doing it and then not fessing up. <laughs> um, so yeah, whilst one of the recordings I did for 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 that particular level two five. Um, I noticed that this sound effect played when you hit the bottom of the screen just, just as I jumped out of the minecart. And I worked out it was the death sound effect. And I, I put some breakpoints in the code and ran it. And sure enough, it had actually triggered a death in the game and played the sound effect, ready to progress. But then because you jump and come back onto the screen, it, it they never then... I mean, there was a bug that came from it. If you fell off the screen further in the level after having triggered that, it wouldn't play a sound again because it remembered that it already played it. So... Again, it just seemed like a good thing to make an achievement out of. And I didn't realize just quite how hard it was to, do, <laughs> it, <laughs> to get that one. It was it very hard. It really is hard. All you said to me was, minecarts are your friend. I'll never forget yes. that tweet. And I was like, all right, I now have to go to the level play, like where you can choose whatever level you want to play. And then I have to just play every minecart level and fall off to the bottom and just jump and pray. And it turned out that I got it on like the second or third try. So, um, but thank oh, you. Good going. Yeah. Thank you for that one. Cause that one was a pain in my ass for a long time, Mick. Uh, we're going to yeah. move to kid trip. Or I'm sorry, to miles and Kilo. And the first one I want to hit on is amphibious because you said earlier, it was almost like a bug to be able to jump on the water. Well, you made a whole damn achievement out of a level complete world one six without surfing you can jump over the surfboard and just walk and jump on water almost the entire level yeah that one was mike burns himself he came up with that one i didn't even know it was there and i I read it and i'm like you're taking the piss on you um (laughs) and i I went and started the level and i I struggled to even jump over the surfboard first couple of times and uh God, that took me so many attempts to complete myself. It's so difficult. My son's just done that the other day as well, actually, himself. Um, but he 
he he committed the cardinal sin for me. He edited the level because it actually used to be considerably harder than it is. Um, there was a few more jumping fish in there, I believe, that mm-hmm. he he just took out because it just made that achievement so hard. Yeah, that um, was that was probably the second hardest achievement outside of beating time attack with less than ten deaths. That one got me for a while. I think eighty eight deaths. Yeah, I had eighty eight attempts. I mean, technically, I'd say that one's harder because it, it probably took me about fifty sixty attempts. Yeah. Whereas time attack took me maybe three or four attempts, but time attack obviously takes a lot longer to do because it's yeah. the whole game. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, then I have on here, persistence pays off completing a level after failing 25 times. So you want us to die. That's, I get it. I'm on to you. There's your evil. Well, no, no, we no, no. We, we figured that one would be a nice, God damn it. I've tried this <laughs> level so much. I, I've suffered. Here's a little pain trophy. I've gone through to get to that goal. Plus, oh, I've got a reward for it. You know, it, it just softened the blow of, yeah. of your failure. That's what <laughs> it keeps you play. It keeps you playing. You're like, oh, I can get an achievement for do- playing the game poorly. All right, perfect. I'm in. Uh, but that well, there was God. there was actually a bug around that one as well. In that once you'd completed a level, you couldn't go back and fail and then complete it and get the achievement. So if you ever actually managed to complete the game without ever dying more You'd than 25 times in a level, awesome. you would never get that achievement. So wow. I, I might didn't think there was a problem with that. I didn't like that. So I had him change it so you could go back and, and essentially play a level that you've already beaten and do that again. Yeah, I'm so, glad you did yeah. that. <laughs> You're not that evil. <laughs> yeah, you no, just no, redeemed I'm yourself. Totally not. I'm not as evil as those monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? I saw this morning. I was playing it this morning because you know that's what I do every day. And uh, I I noticed this little. I don't know if it's an Easter egg or if anybody else has brought it up to you. But the monkeys that are in the tree that are throwing the coconuts. If you dodge the coconut when you run past the monkey, it looks back to its left and almost like gets a sad face. I thought that was an incredible Easter egg. It, yeah, they did, they did in the original as well. That's in, I don't know which one you're talking about. They do in both games, Miles and Kill and Kid Trip. And they also have an evil grin um, when they when they kill you. When they, ah, In fact, they yeah. don't even care if they kill you or not. If you die in the vicinity of a monkey, it will be quite happy. I've said this on another podcast. The, the In the source code, when I was converting Kid Trip... Um, the animation for the monkey grinning is called Troll. <laughs> oh, awesome. So you're back to being evil. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two more questions from us. Uh, now, I'm sorry if I mispronounce. Is it Chris Kukla or Chris Kukla? I have no idea. I've never spoken to him and no one's ever said his name to me. I always say Chris Kukla. Okay. If I'm offending him in any way, tough. That's how, <laughs> I, mean, sorry. <laughs> that's how I would also have pronounced it. Uh, he came up with the soundtrack for both games. How did you, I mean, I was going to say, how'd you get introduced to him, but it doesn't sound like you ever met him. <laughs> how did he get involved I, no, in the project? It's, it's Mike. I've, I don't know the story behind that. I should ask him in case I'm ever asked this again. I, I don't know what their relationship or, or where it's come from, but oh, what I know is he creates great chip tune music and it, it suits Miles and Kilo and Kid Trip perfectly. It's just so good. I love everything about both those soundtracks. The, the under ground in miles and kilo just blows my mind how like yeah. intense that is yeah it's it's good it's good i like the i like the twinkly snow type music as well in the third world of kid trip yeah and and um just <clears throat> oh and I, I love the world one overworld that's like it's so good it starts off a little mild starts off a little slow and then kicks you right in the face about 20 seconds in. I love it because I love chiptunes. The outro to our podcast is chiptuned. Um, I, I think 
Chiptunes probably some of my favorite music to drive to, as weird as that is. I like driving with chiptunes on. Don't ask me why. It's just the thing I do. Uh, we already talked earlier about kind of what's next and where you see yourself. You said you love to do that game in between. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add in general? Um, what I like to say is that I don't like to say anything. Um, the, one of the things I hate, because obviously I'm a game player as well as a developer, is I hate when when you get told about something from from someone and you get all excited, you feel like you're a bit invested in it and then it never comes off. Um, so I, I don't like to give out any information until I know anything for certain. Uh, what I will say is I'm, I'm in talks with another developer of some fantastic mobile games that I desperately want to bring over a console. Mm. They need to, they need, the whole world needs to see these games because if you thought Kid Trip and Miles and Kilo are cute, Oh, these these make your eyes bleed. They're just so cute. <laughs> um, it's such gorgeous artwork. Again, another super talented individual who's who's created these games pretty much entirely himself. And and I'd like to I'd like them like to bring them over to a wider world. That may or may not happen. I I just don't know. Um, we'll keep our fingers I, crossed. I, yeah, yeah. I I really hope it does. I, I it's another thing that's going to be a real difficult one for me because. If I can't do them full time, it, it will take me such a long time to get them done, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want to do that. Um, but we'll see. And Mike and I have thrown around a few ideas. We've got we've got some ideas for games that we could do that are not Kid Trip, uh, not Miles related at all. That um, maybe just sort of smaller projects because that's that's another thing that's a big big problem. And the, the game playing public don't really see or understand this. It takes a long time to make a game, and when it's one person or two people making a game, it takes a really, really long time to make the game, unless you make something small. But people people see small games as just being cheap, I think, and can dismiss them quite mm-hmm. easily. Um, and that's a shame because, because one thing I will never do is put out a game that I wouldn't want to play myself. I would never put anything cheap or low quality out because... One, I want to be proud of it, and two, I want it to be the sort of thing that I would play myself. So it's, um, yeah, it, it's tough. It's quite difficult. But I, I really, I mean, short answer after all that is <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. I'm definitely going to be reading Miles and Kilo to other consoles. I hope to follow that up with Kid Trip, or that's a bigger job. Um, and from there, who knows? Hopefully, great things. Very cool. Now, we are a nerdy podcast. Besides games, we talk about you know TV and movies. Do you have any TV shows or movies you can recommend to our listeners? I haven't seen, I haven't seen any movies in ages. There's loads of, um, loads of films that... that uh, you can name the classic ones. Reason. We like them, too. Say again, sorry? I said we can name... You feel like if it's a classic movie, you can recommend it. We love them, too. Okay, I'll go for Hudson Hawk, vastly underrated film that I watched recently again with my uh, son. Uh, I really like it. I just think it's a fun movie. I think it's quite cool. Um, off the top of my head, I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> or hey, I mean, besides, you know, any games you can recommend besides obviously Kid Trip and, and Miles and Kilo and Celeste, of course. <laughs> And Celeste, yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe uh, Fortnite, I'm maybe. The makers of Celeste go, oh, this guy's cool. We'll promote his game for him and let everyone know about it. Um, <laughs> definitely. Um, off the top of my head, what are they? I'm trying to think of games I've bought recently as well. Um, we, there's a couple I've just bought recently, like Space Dave and Super Destronauts. I just fancied a bit of co-op stuff with my son, but mindless blasting. Yep. I like that sort of thing. Um oh, 
I'm going to look at my Switch library after this and kick myself. I just <laughs> on Did you pick up Hollow Knight? I haven't yet. Um, I, I'm, I've, I should do. It's the sort of game I love. I've, Metroid Fusion is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Um, second one, I'd say, be Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, my introduction to the Zelda series. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hold on, hold Hollow on. Knight, I suspect I could really, really love, but I, I felt a bit bitter that Nintendo chose to promote a game that's already been funded by Kickstarter yeah. and had successful sales on another platform yeah. and hold it up as a big shining beacon and say everyone should buy this game. It's like, they were going to anyway. You didn't need to tell them to. You should have told them to buy my game. <laughs> now, you dropped two on us. You dropped Fusion. You dropped the Zelda game. We do top threes every single week on our show. You got to round out your top three favorite games for us. What's that third one? Okay, I'll, I'll go non-Nintendo and I'll say Spyro the Dragon. Oh, Whoa, now you're so speaking my language. So you're excited for the uh, the remastered trilogy then? I, I am. Not as excited as I was for Crash Bandicoot because that was sort of the first. But yeah, we'll, I would imagine we'll definitely get that. Although I'm half tempted to hold off to the inevitable Switch version. I, I just I I everything the comes to Switch. So I will be holding off to the inevitable Switch version. I, I, I bought the Insane Trilogy on PS4 day one. Sam and I are huge Crash fans, so we both bought it. Um, and I gave it to my brother-in-law just because when the Switch version got announced, just so I could wait for it and buy it again on Switch. <laughs> I might be tempted to change my choice to Ratchet and Clank just to throw that one out oh, there. Oh, awesome. I would love the, the mindless destruction yeah. and silly weapons. It's just it's great great stress relief. Do you prefer the original or when they remade it for PS4? I like the PS4 remake. I don't Me too. I mean they they refined it, I think. Didn't yeah. they? they brought in a few things that they they'd introduced in other other versions. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd probably struggle to go back and play the first one again. Um I suspect because it's yeah, I mean doesn't look as good and because uh the, the the fewer refinements in it but i absolutely loved it the first time around it was a great game it's, it's why i would sort of describe as a nintendo game on the wrong platform it feels like the sort of game <laughs> nice. nintendo would make yeah. in terms of just the sheer fun of it and the polish and the replayability um and that's the sort of game i like now, the last question we have, and we'll let you go, is this might even be the toughest for you. Earlier in the interview, you said that you're a Nintendo fanboy. I'm with you. But you said particularly the hardware. What's your favorite piece of Nintendo hardware? The Game Boy Advance. Really? Ooh. That is definitely a great answer. Yeah. I'm, I'm up there with you. I've got, I've got a lot of reasons behind that. And again, as I answered this one on another podcast. Um, it's powered by the ARM chip, and it was the first console, I believe, to be powered by the ARM chip. And my first home computer was an Acorn computer, and Acorn made the ARM chip. Um, and the ARM chip is the greatest piece of technology in the world. It's just a fantastic <laughs> little chip. I, I programmed it in machine code. Uh, it's just a great little thing to work with. And seeing it going to games console, I was I was chuffed to bits. And I, I happened to get to, with one of my jobs, I got to go to one of the trade shows, and Nintendo were there showing off the... Game Boy Advance before it was launched. So it was the first piece of gaming hardware that I got to play before anyone else I knew as well, which was really cool. That's really cool. Um, and it, it was just, it was a great machine. I absolutely loved it. Awesome. Mick, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today through all the trials, tribulations, and internet issues. We really appreciate your time. That's crazy. Oh my God. The odds of it that it got cut out. Everybody listening to this, 
That's we've, hilarious. Yeah. We've gone through more internet issues for this episode than ever, and that just cut out at the intro. So I'm back. Oh! If you, if you, if you did manage to finish recording no. that, thanks so no, much. No, we, we kept it going. It. We just kept it going. We were just talking. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, th- if you want to paste in this, then? Well, we're going to keep it. We're, we'll, yeah. we'll figure out some way. Um, but <laughs> I'll... I'll I can't, again, thank you enough. If you actually could, this might be difficult given the internet issues that we've had. Uh, but if you could hang on the line just one moment, we have a quick favor to ask you after we go off the air. But no again, worries. thank you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of We Podcast We Know Things. We'll be back this weekend for episode 101. And we'll keep everyone posted if and when the race actually happens. Mick, I'm rooting for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> So Network has a brand new Patreon. That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free, as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.